Okay, welcome to the podcast. Um, we talk about sustainability, responsible travel, and we touch on organizations and people that are doing the right thing. Now, I was invited to an event by James21. I spoke with CEO Debbie Leach. I spoke with John Dillon Leach, uh, the Port of London's uh, authorities hydrographer, and with Fleur Anderson, MP of Labour Putney. And what did we talk about? Well, wet wipes, the outlawing of the use of plastic in wet wipes, and the high-resolution sonar and laser scans, which showed a devastating impact of wet wipes on the Thames, and they show a mound created by wet wipes, which has grown to the size of over two tennis courts and over a meter tall. And that is in just six years time. Um, I put the interviews um, in a condensed format uh, on YouTube, but um, I would like to put it uh, in its full length as well right here. So it's not out of context in any way. And we start with John, John Dillon Leach, and he explained to me, the uh, new technology that is used. And he also used to live in Groningen in the Netherlands. And that is where I grew up. Lived yeah. in uh, Groningen. Oh, Groningen. Right. Groningen is, I'm not sure, but for five years. Yeah. Groningen, that's where Groningen. actually where I grew up for a long time. I lived there. I went to Augustinus College, which is in, uh, in Groningen. Yeah. And then I moved to Delft. To study. It's a lovely city. It's yeah. a lovely little city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the last time I was the last time I was there, a lot of shops actually closed down. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. Maybe because maybe because so many students weren't there. Because a huge student city, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's massive. Yeah, it's my massive. son was yeah. working there in the yeah. center of town for an IBM company. Really nice, yeah, good. Stuff. But I, I was over a few times. I liked. Yeah, I worked with the Dutch a lot because the Dutch are. Great yeah, hydrographers. Great, 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 absolutely. Because absolutely. they keep the sea out. Yes, and that's what you do as well. <laughs> I mean, if you are basically looking at the waterways. I'm the hydrographer, so yeah. our, our job is uh, the Thames is the biggest and the largest river in and port in the UK now. And so we cover 95 linear miles, 400 square miles, huge area from the big ships down in the estuary, the biggest container ships in the world, coming up here to central London at where we're moving and also uh, very much up around Hammersmith where we're looking at as well a lot of leisure, uh, a lot of habitat, a lot of, of nature and stuff. So that, that's sort of three distinct areas really, right. uh, but it's a very busy river. Yeah, right, fair enough. Super. And yeah. I, I saw that, uh, I read from the email that via laser and uh, other technologies, um, a lot of wet wipes have been discovered which changes the course of the river. Is that correct? Well. Not so much changes the course of the river, but we are surveying for the, um, monitoring the, the impacts of the Tideway project. Uh, a great data set. So we're using multi-beam laser, which is sonar for mm -hmm. the underwater bits. We're using laser, which is visible on top of the roofs of the vessel for those intertidal areas, the areas that are tiled, and the flood defenses. Mm -hmm. And then we're also taking high resolution photography. And I have some examples that I can show you. And that's funded by the Tideway project. So they monitor all their sites. Mm -hmm. So the closest one to us here is Albert. And then we've got sites that go up all the way up river where they're, where they're building the new, basically the sewer relief, uh, which, will, which will capture I think over 85, 89, 90% of the overspill, so really helped the river. Yeah. And what we've done is worked with Thames 21, we're able to show them what's changing on the river. And the area of the wet wipe mound, one of seven, on the river in Hammersmith, we've been monitoring and helping them. And, and we've got sort of shown that it's grown by over a meter 
uh, the area is about the size of two tennis courts. And I've got some, again, sort of a heat map type thing of what's changing. So my job is to map what's changing and look at the significance of it, whether it be for navigation, and it is shallowing that part of the river. But it's, it's in some ways, um, like any river that meanders like the Thames, if you did geography, uh, on the on the inside corners there's eddies and that's where where the natural currents will 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 bring debris and stuff so that's why we find them in distinct places but we're helping Thames 21 and their team uh, which the port of london supports and tideway support to uh, to just measure that to help them survey it and, and and sort of get the data that supports um the the work that's going on and trying to improve the situation with the, yeah. with the wet wipe. Okay, now the, the rivers, they change naturally. Um, and that means not by human hands. But obviously some people might say that humans are part of the environment and therefore that is natural as well. Yes, I mean, for instance, yeah. where we are now, the river was embanked. Yeah. So uh, Basil Jess, who built the, the, who, this, the super sewer or the tideway is to, is to replace a lot of idiots. So that speeded up the flow here in central London. But up at Hammersmith, those areas, the river's a little bit more gentle, but it's still a powerful river. So when the tide ebbs down and it rains to the west and the water comes in, you've got very strong flows. Uh, and it moves a lot of things around. So that's when we have rainfall, we have overflow from the water runoff. Yeah. The tideway uh, tunnel will alleviate that, capture sure. a lot of that. So it makes a big difference once that's finished. When is it finished? I, I hope finished, so, but, but I, not, not so much to the regime of the river. The reason we're monitoring it is to make sure that there's no negative impact for the works that tideway are doing. Okay. And that's going very well. We have a really good relationship with them. And they've actually contacted us to do that with them. And that data goes to the Environment Agency, to the Port of London Authority, to the Marine Management Organization who licensed the works, and then everybody shares that data. So it's a great data set, really nice for me as a hydrographer, because it's one of the best data sets, I think, in the world, monitoring, and it's a huge project, so it's, it's good. And there's advantages to, uh, to the, the, the information that there is around what's changing in the river, and yeah. such as negative aspects, such as the wet wipes, which is... Which is fair enough, problem. fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Okay, and I read an article um, saying that oceans and rivers were not mentioned at all at COP26. Do you have any comments on that? Uh, I, I mean, I did see my industry, so I'm, I'm a member of the Hydrographic Society and, and a professional organization. So, um, so, I mean, there was a lot of debate in, around my industry. There yeah. were a lot of workshops going on. Um, obviously, a lot of the technology and related to hydrography in some aspects relates to fossil fuels, to oil and gas, mm -hmm. but more and more renewables. So my own department, we've been supporting the wind farm development in the Thames and mm -hmm. the Port of London has been doing that as well. So I think probably in the margins, there was a lot going on. Um, I didn't follow every debate. It's no, two no, no, weeks, no, no, but no, I was no, fascinated no, by it. Yeah, yeah so, so yeah. There, there were a lot of debates, a lot of side events where they actually talked about these issues. Yes, and yeah? I think, okay. and I think as well, the technology we use for mapping the oceans now, satellites, high-resolution sure. photography. There's a Is lot that of what remote. Do you use as well, satellites, or do you use we, the the satellite for satellite imagery or flying lidar, airborne lidar, can be used for mapping the foreshore on the Thames because it's quite muddy. It's not dirty. It's quite it's quite sure. vibrant yeah. environmentally now, uh, but it, because it's quite muddy, it's very hard to see the bottom with uh, what they call satellite uh, information. But they do that in clearer waters. So in in those nice places like the coral reefs and stuff, they're using a lot of satellite imagery to map 
the the ocean bed there. So it's it's a fascinating it's a fascinating area. Okay, next I spoke with Fleur Anderson, the MP of Labour Putney, and she wants to outlaw the use of plastic in wet wipes. Um, so I asked her why is it uh, plastic in wet wipes that's so bad for the environment, and is there an alternative? instead. So I've been really concerned about the amount of wet wipes that are being used and it's understandable with Covid that more people are using wet wipes but I was shocked to find out I think with a lot of other people that there's plastic in wet wipes and so that's getting out into the marine environment and it's killing an estimated 100 million marine wildlife around the world every year so it's having a huge impact from something that we use every day but there are alternatives to plastic. So there are alternatives such as cellulose, bamboo and other alternatives which will break down in the environment and won't be leading to fish eating the plastic and then starving to death essentially. Money-wise, more expensive to use bamboo for example? Well at the moment there are alternatives so which cost the same. So Sainsbury's and Morrison's for example, their own brand wet wipes, they've moved to being plastic free and they don't cost any more. So it's perfectly possible to do and I think actually to increase the scale of non-plastic wet wipes will also increase the, the innovation in de- terms of different products and pushing the industry to bear that cost as well but it, it shouldn't be passed on to the consumer and I think co- cost is a, an important part of this about 10% of wet wipes are used by the NHS as well so they're used for cl- clinical um, cleaning infection control in the so NHS. They can't go wet so they can't go without wet wipes, but also that cost must not be borne by, by the NHS. So I, I'm looking at ways in which the same infection control can be delivered. Um, do there need to be any substitutes if it has to be, but also moving the whole industry to saying that we, we don't have to have plastic. So why are you personally so against plastic? So, well, I'm a river MP, so I'm ah. in Putney. Yeah, I'm no very, choice. very proud that we are right on the river there. So I know and my constituents see the impact um, on our river and we want to clean up our river in every way. Um, and the amount of wet wipes that are just going out from the sewage into the river um, and so too many people don't bin their wet wipes, they flush them. So they do go out into our river um, and they pollute it. So I mean, I think it's important from that point of view. Also, I'm a mum of four, so I've used a lot of wet wipes myself. And now I'm, I'm, I've always tried to use reusable nappies and, and to be as sustainable as possible. I think lots of parents, new parents, they have a, a, a different attitude towards the climate. They're thinking about the future generations and they want to do the right thing. But now to find out that something that they need all the time is actually damaging the environment. That's not what they want. So to work with the industry to say, do the right thing, enable us to, to, to pick something which doesn't damage the environment um, as well as, uh, yeah, we still need to use wet wipes, but just make them environmentally friendly. So I asked this question to John. I'm going to ask you as well. Um, I read this article um, saying, and I quote, the ocean is essential to tackling climate change. So why has it been neglected in global climate talks? It has not been put at the forefront um, at the conversations at COP26. Any comments? I think that far more should have been done for ocean um, and climate change affects the ocean so much and affects our marine wildlife it's affecting actual islands right now um, and the and the coral reefs and other there should be much more done and I've picked the issue of wet wipes but actually I think there should have been more in the environment bill that we passed in the House of Commons as well and this is just one example of a, a whole area that's there's not enough 
action being taken. Um, oceans, but also air quality. I think not enough action and uh, action on trees strategies as well. So there's a lot more that we need to do. There's a lot more that the government isn't doing enough and we could have had more action at COP26 as well. Okay, last I spoke with um, Debbie, Debbie Leach, uh, CEO of Thames 21. Debbie, I read an article in Bright Blue where you say that rivers are the circulatory system our natural environment depends on. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, everything, all, all life, and all, uh, all our human activity depends on the rivers. Uh, where do we get the water that's in our taps? It, does, it isn't made in a factory somewhere. It actually comes from the water system. It comes from the aquifers and the rivers that come out of the aquifers. That's where the water in our taps comes from that feeds our that, 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 that gives us our water to drink. It uh, feeds our industry. Uh, it also provides for our wildlife that we see all around us. So water is absolutely essential and we're just not looking after it properly at the moment. Now, these uh, scans, they discovered this mound of wet wipes. Um, this is obviously recent technology. Was this not known before? So we've got new technology in the scans that, that we've, we've got that uh, Tideway and the PLA have, have produced um, show us. It is new technology, it is new. Um, but scans have been going on of the, of the riverbed for um, a number of years. But it's only in recent years that they've noticed um, this new phenomenon happening along the river where you've got these mounds building up that weren't there previously and they are mounds of wet wipes. It's like um, one meter or something. Yes, or? about one one point four meters 1. is the one is the one at Hammersmith. But it's there a are, lot of wet wipes. Too. It's a lot of wet wipes. Um it's 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 um we reckon there's about a million wet wipes just at the at Hammersmith site there. Mm. Um but there are at least five sites along the river where we find similar mounds and that's only the ones that we can see at low tide. There are more probably uh, under the river that we just don't know about at the moment. Um Okay, what can be done about these mounds, these uh, spots along the river? Um, is volunteering one thing? Obviously, I was at the volunteering session um, a couple of weeks ago. You know, everyone needs to stop flushing their wet wipes. Don't flush it. Never flush a wet wipe. That's, I mean, that's a, such an important message to get, get to everybody. And it's a simple thing that everybody can do that will make a massive difference to the natural environment. It'll stop the fish that are in the river. They're currently ingesting plastic because of the wet wipes are gradually breaking down in the water and releasing those plastic filaments. Um, so never flush a wet wipe. And also we're really keen to get legislation passed that bans wet wipes that contain plastic. That will make a massive difference in one go. I mean, it will take a while for obviously manufacturing to catch up with that, um, but it will make a massive difference and we will have improved our rivers to no end if we can just remove the plastic from wet wipes. So are, are these... Um are these wet wipes, are they manufactured in the UK? This is a global issue. It's not just the UK. It's in other countries around the world as well, um, where you see suddenly wet wipes are being used for almost everything. Um, they're not just used for medical reasons. They're used in everyday life. They're used even to polish your furniture now, clean your shoes. Um, do we really need to use wet wipes for that sort of thing? I don't think so. Right. We've managed for many, many years without a wet wipe to clean our shoes. So we can do, or, or, or for, um, I don't know, polish our windows. We can use um, uh, much more sustainable techniques. And if they are manufactured globally, uh, as you say, then it must be much more difficult to legislate, I take it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we want to see legislative change across the globe on yeah. this. Ah, okay. Yeah. But hopefully we can lead the way here in the UK. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you the same question as I asked John and Fleur uh, about an article in The Conversation, an online blog, and I quote, the ocean is essential to tackling climate change, so why has it been neglected in global climate talks? Um, you yourself, you say that rivers are essential um, to tackling climate change. At COP26, there was really 
little or no mention at all of of, of oceans. And I heard nothing uh, about rivers. Um, what do you think? No, um, I think it's very disappointing that rivers and oceans haven't been um, covered at COP26 more because they're absolutely essential. Um, as we see climate change uh, increasing, uh, we're going to see the impact through our rivers and our oceans, particularly rivers where you're going to see increased flood risk, where you're going to see uh, water levels dropping, increased drought, um, water scarcity. Um, the water in our taps, as I've said, come from the rivers. So with climate change, we'll see less water in the rivers, less water available for our taps, less water for wildlife, and that's going to be reflected in our rivers. It's being reflected in our rivers right now. We can see climate change happening in our rivers and in the oceans, but particularly in the rivers where it is stark, how quickly we're seeing climate change. So something needs to be done about it now. And I'm very disappointed that the that the issue of rivers and the role they play in managing our flood risk, our increased flood risk, and managing the periods of drought isn't being highlighted more. Now, then I hear something about these mounds changing the contours um, of the river. Is that something that you would like to talk about? Um, yes, well, these wet wipes, this is the wet wipes in the river that are building up in layers. And what they're doing is attracting around them the twigs and the silt. So that, that's why you're getting these mounds that are building up. And they are changing the shape of the riverbed. Uh, which means that change, that's changing the water flow and it's changing the impact on wildlife habitat particularly. Um, we um, Studies have shown that um, in areas where there are wet wipes, there is almost no biodiversity. Okay. Um, whereas it, that's compared, really what I wanted to know. Yeah. yeah. Why is that so important? Because rivers have over the, you know, over the course they of always time, change. they always change. They always it? change, yeah. 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 But it's reducing the, the biodiversity in the river, the, the, the wildlife habitat that's available. Um, if you look at a bit of the foreshore where you don't have wet wipes, you'll see it's, fair, it's fairly biodiverse. You'll see all sorts of little animals living in the, in the silt and in the riverbed. Um, but if you go to an area that's uh, where you've got wet wipes and in the area immediately surrounding the wet wipes, it's dead. You just don't get that sort of biodiversity. So it's no, no. So it's, it's having a huge impact. Um, and as well, the um, that the, the plastic fibres from the wet wipes are then getting into the into the river system. They're being ingested by wildlife, by fish in the river, um, by uh, by mammals in the river, and that's having an impact on their on their systems as well. So yeah. Okay, that was the podcast. Um, that was a podcast with uh, Debbie, with John and with Fleur talking about uh, wet wipes, talking about plastic in the wet wipes and talking about technology that discovered these massive amounts of wet wipes. Well, the size of two tennis courts over a meter tall in just six years. Um, I'll put this online, as I mentioned, uh, in a podcast uh, because it really shouldn't be taken out of context, but you can find the interview with video on YouTube at uh, sustainable.news.